on the internet, you can't really do that, and you can't really find the relationship ground. So what you have to do is you have to tell people what you're interested in, so then if they feel the same way, they're going to resonate with your content more. Then the next step of that is pain points. So many people are out there are scared to say that they've ever fallen down in life. Keeping yourself motivated takes work. If you don't work out your body, you get fat. If you don't work on your motivation, you become unmotivated. Welcome to the Motivational Voice Podcast, your source for inspiration and motivation to achieve your goals, empowering you one word at a time. Umar Jang is an author and a blogger, and he will get you motivated to do whatever you need to do. This is Motivational Voice Podcast, and this is Umar Jang. What's up, everyone? Welcome to another session of the Motivational Voice Podcast. This is session number 10. How about that? We made it to episode 10. That is exciting stuff. Today, I am interviewing Leonard Kim. Leonard is a brand strategist and expert. He is the founder of a company called Influence Tree. Influence Tree is a company that helps organizations and individuals build and improve their brands. Leonard is here today to talk to us about how to build your brand. If you are going to do anything that really puts you in the public eye, you should consider building a brand to make sure that you have the right representation for what you stand for, for your organization. And I strongly believe that even if you're not doing anything that's necessarily public, you should consider having a good representation and a good presence online so that when people look you up, they can see that you are professional and that you have put some thought into how you want people to perceive you. Branding is also extremely important if you are looking to present yourself as a subject matter expert, looking to build a personal brand like, for instance, an author brand or Perhaps you published a book and you are looking for an effective way to build your platform or your brand. Or maybe you are building a face to your business, as I mentioned. If any of these are applicable to your situation, then you definitely want to make a note and listen to some of the tips that Leonard is sharing in this interview. This episode is important because it is an extremely noisy world out there and it's increasingly difficult to get any attention nowadays. Think about it for a second. If you apply for a job nowadays, there are dozens of people and in some cases even hundreds of people you have to compete against. If you write a book, most people won't even know that you exist, let alone find your book. I hope this interview with Leonard gives you some good information on how to build your own brand. All right, let's jump right into the interview with Leonard Kim. Leonard, are you still with me? I'm with you. Would you... Take a minute and just introduce yourself to our listeners uh, so they are familiar with who you are and what you do. Sure. Well, thank you so much for having me as well. I do appreciate being here. My name is Leonard Kim, and um, I'm basically a branding strategist. I help people build out their personal brands, and I help companies build out their brands as well. And over the course of the last two and a half years, I've been able to create a pretty decent dent in the market. I've been able to attain about 10 million views on my content. Uh, I have about 250,000 plus social media followers on all my combined networks together. And 
I've been in a few publications from Fortune to Inc. and so forth. Great. No, those sound like fantastic numbers. And we'll definitely jump into that. As I was preparing for the podcast, Leonard, I, I took a moment and did some research and looked into your background and just to understand better who you are. One thing that struck me was the fact that you had some challenges in your life um, to get to where you are today, which which is not unheard of, I think, for many successful entrepreneurs or people who have achieved a certain degree of success. They had to start from somewhere. Would you please, if you're willing to share it, so of course, share some of your story. Uh, back in, I believe it was 2010, you mentioned that you hit a low point in your life. Could you talk a little bit about that and you know what that was about? Sure. Well, the early part of my career, I had a sense of naivete mixed with a little bit of arrogance. I guess you could kind of deem it to be arrogance. Um, what happened is I was overly confident in what I was able to do, but uh, being a bit younger, I really didn't have the wisdom necessary to go out there and make these wise decisions because I thought I knew best, but I really didn't. So I went out there and I had these big dreams to become a millionaire, to become super successful, to get a Lamborghini and a big house and all that. You probably heard it yourself, right? Yeah. And... Like, while I was dealing with all these big dreams, I figured that the best way to achieve those dreams would be by doing high-risk businesses, like maybe real estate, then working at an investment fund. And closer to 2010, I was working more at startups because um, I'm sure that you're aware a lot of these startups, they become like billion-dollar enterprises, and the early employees become like millionaires, right? Yeah. So that was kind of my dream. And the problem with that is that 95% of startups, they fail within their first five years. And I already knew that getting into everything, but experiencing failure and knowing that failure could happen is like two completely separate things. So when I was going out there, I was working like no tomorrow. I put in like 80-hour weeks, put my life on the line to get this business up and running. In 2009, I was working at a lead generation firm when I got into the company. Um, it was doing zero revenue. In fact, they were still installing their computers. That's how early it was in the company. So I hopped on board. I took that company up from zero to $50,000 a month within three months. We were like, you know what? We're going to do big things with this. Wow. But the logistics of the business, we hired too many employees. We were spending too much money. And ultimately, it fell apart. So that lead generation company went completely down the drain. Before that, I tried doing real estate and working at an investment fund, but that was in 2008, and you're probably familiar with the financial meltdown, right? Yeah, of 2008, absolutely. That was quite a, uh, an event. Yeah, like I was getting all these deals, and I was supposed to be making $50,000 a month, but the market exploded, and the lending guidelines changed overnight, so I ended up making next to nothing, and it was pretty bad. So I went from that failure, then next I had this lead generation firm failure with the startup, and um, I was working at both a real estate firm and then an investment fund, so it was a back-to-back-to-back hit. So I had like three failures in a row, and right before that, I was trying to do my own startup, so that's like four failures in a row, and I just really couldn't take it anymore. So I got to the part where I needed to do anything just to get the bills paid. So I found some random job that didn't really pay that well. 
I went out there and I tried to make it with that. And I just didn't have the motivation or the courage to really go out there and fight. I was, I guess you could say, heartbroken, defeated. And I felt like all I wanted to do was lay in bed every single day and just hide under the covers. And because of that pain, what happened is the bills kept stacking up and the bills kept stacking up and they just continued and continued and continued. Then about six months later, after not paying my electricity bill for six entire months, the lights went off. Wow. I don't know how the power worked, or I don't know how the water worked, but I was still able to take showers, which was completely a blessing, or else I'd probably smell really bad. But what I would have to do is every single day, I'd have to charge my phone, but I wouldn't have any power, and so I'd go to the uh, hallway in the apartment complex, I'd stick my phone in there, I had to sit there for like an hour or two just to charge my phone. Wow. Then when I got hungry, I can't really afford anything to eat. I'd be, maybe be able to get like a dollar or two and then I'd go to 7-Eleven, buy one of those microwavable burritos or whatever. Yeah. And I'd drive my uh, microwave out into the hallway and microwave my burrito in the hallway too. It was pretty bad. Yeah, wow. That, that is definitely a, a, as low as you, someone can go. Oh, it is just got worse too. And, you know, when you can't pay your electricity bill and you're barely paying for food, what happens is things get really bad and eventually you don't really get to pay for rent anymore and you start missing that. So I got an eviction notice and I called my mom. I'm like, Mom, I'm going to go live under a bridge. And she's like, what do you mean? I'm like, I can't pay rent anymore. I'm getting evicted. I don't know. So she called my grandma and I guess my grandma decided to be the hero and let me stay with her. Wow, she definitely came through there. So, yeah. And that's the reason why I wanted to bring up that story in that for people to really be motivated to do certain things, they have to sometimes, they have to hit a certain low to realize that they need to either make a change or it's a fork in their lives. What was that, I mean, beyond the fact that you were almost evicted of your house, what was that motivation that pushed you to say, you know what, something has to change? didn't happen until a lot later. I needed at least three more months to cry this out in bed. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know. Then um, after a while, like what really happened is I had to take a look inside myself and just really determine what decisions got me to exactly where I was today. I'm a firm believer that where you are today is exactly where you're supposed to be. So I knew that I failed and I was miserable and I was living with my grandma not making any money, and that was all due to all my actions. It wasn't due to the world. It wasn't due to circumstance. It was because of me. There was a problem with me that I had to figure out. Right. So what I had to do is, this is a really long process, because I had to go out there and I had to really examine my life and analyze every single decision I made and why I made it. Then I had to go back year year to year to year to like when I was a kid, I had to figure out why I was making those decisions. Mm. Why was I um, trying to take shortcuts? Why was I trying to do high-risk businesses? Why, 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 why? And while I was looking through the process, one thing I found was um, my ex at the time, she was like this gold digger who only cared about herself, and she would always like talk badly about me. She was like, you're, you're such a loser. I can't believe that you're living like this. What happened to you? And things like that. And I realized whenever she said things like this, what 
what really happened inside of me was that she was putting me down, and it made me want to take the fast track to go back to the success that I had before. So even though I was working on something that was good, I tried to take shortcuts. And what happens when you take shortcuts? You start cutting corners and things start crumbling. You get lost, you get stuck in the woods, you meet the witch out in the forest, and she's trying to bring you in a little pot. Yeah. <laughs> like everything that happens when you take shortcuts. So that's one thing I realized. I kept talking to my ex, and she was just toxic for me because she would talk so poorly about me that I wanted to fast track everything. And by mm. trying to fast track anything in life, you just end up failing over and over and over again because even if you're doing the right thing, there's no shortcuts in life. Yeah, that's that's very true. Yeah, I think there is a an instant gratification culture that we sometimes live in, where we see uh, someone who's successful, we see someone who has um, a lot of success in their lives, and we want to have what they have. So we we tend to to take those fictitious, imaginary short shortcuts, and then get ourselves into even more trouble. So that's absolutely very true. So yeah, th- thanks for sharing that. Uh, I'm I'm glad you were able to to share that with our listeners. Now no let's problem. yeah let, let's talk about let's talk about brand building. Uh, I know that's your area of expertise and that you have uh, you've done a lot of work with your, yourself, your brand, and other people. Tell us a little more about um, what it means to have a brand. Uh, how, how do you define a brand, and why does it matter to to an average person? What do you think about when you hear the words Rolls Royce? I see the brand. I see a fancy car, a luxury, success, affluence. So that's what comes to mind when I think of the uh, of Rolls Royce. Okay. What do you think about when you hear the name like um, Anthony Robbins? Yeah. So when I hear Anthony Robbins, um, I think about you know I, I picture a stage. I picture him you know having. This following uh, having a well, really a brand uh, because he's he's well known for for what he does. Now, how about Jason Belfer? And if you don't know who Jason Belfer is, he's the guy on Wolf of Wall Street. The the actual person who went to jail. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Who made millions of dollars. The actual. Oh, the actual person. Well, yeah, I think we all have the same uh, the same feeling towards him because especially after what happened in two thousand eight, where people lost a lot of money in the. Uh, in the stock market and everything that happened. Yeah, uh, negative thoughts, absolutely. A negative brand, for sure. So when you attach a brand to a company or a person, what happens is just like how you associated those feelings and those emotions and those other thoughts with these other companies and these other people, that's exactly what a brand is. When they think of you as a person, they're thinking, oh, that guy's a criminal, or oh, that guy's absolutely amazing at what he does and he inspires me, or that person's the best at what they do. And that's the same thing with the company. That company, they're thinking, oh, that company is just out there to scam me. That company is out there to really help me and get me to the next place. Or that company really cares about me and they want, me, they want to help me flourish. So that's really what a brand is. And the only way to really identify that is to give an example like this for you ask other people, what do you think about me? And that's how you figure out what your brand is in the marketplace. So it's uh, basically part of your image and what, what people perceive you as. Is that Did I get that right? Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, I understand why 
people like you and I, entrepreneurs and, and even small business owners, focus on, on brand building. But for an average person, why should they care about branding themselves? Well, in 2008, after the aftermath, in 2009 and 2010, a lot of people were losing their jobs, right? Yeah. And some people were working at companies for like 20 years or so. Yeah. And they ended up going back home because their employers laid them off, right? Yeah. Imagine what it would be like to be 55 years old and on the market for a new job, and you don't have you don't have enough money in your retirement funds to retire, and you're not getting a pension, you're not getting retirement benefits or anything. What would you do? Yeah, I think you fall back on, uh, personally, I would fall back on the th- some of the skills that I have, things that I can, that I can use, uh, not, not the skills that got me, uh, I guess, to, to lose my job, but other skills that I may have to do something else is what I would focus on personally. Uh, I mean, it could be, you know, it could be gardening, it could be public speaking, it could be something else. But I guess in my case, I'm lucky enough that I have had, I've done so many things in the past that I could fall back on something else. But to your point, if I don't have that, I, I, I would be in trouble. Yes, you're blessed because you have those skill sets. But if you don't have those skill sets, you probably have to go rely on family you have to go rely on friends. You have to try different options and really go out there and see exactly what there is that you could be able to do. Yeah. And you really won't be able to find a viable solution that you could use for the long term, which could be, become problematic, especially if it takes maybe a year, two years, three mm-hmm. years, maybe even four or five to find your next position, right? Yeah, definitely. It, it could be so easy to end up on the streets and just, becoming in a situation where I was almost at. And that isn't a situation that people are falling on because they're not skilled, they're not talented. It's just the look of the draw. And that's the problem with um, how society is going. They feel so secure in their jobs. They feel that everything is all perfect. If you're the average person who thinks that every single thing is perfect and maybe you're 30 or 40 years old and you decide to not invest in that personal brand, when the next... um, problem hit, you're going to potentially end up in that same place. So the reason you need to build out your personal brand, no matter who you are, is just because you tell employers they're going to see you. You can position yourself for promotions. You can position yourself for leadership positions at companies. You can maybe even position yourself to become a director or a C-level executive one day. But that only happens when people are able to perceive your personal brand. Right. Yeah, no, that makes sense. But how, how would someone go about doing that? What are some of the, the effect, most effective ways for branding yourself? Well, branding yourself is twofold. One is a lot of uh, leaders out there, you've probably seen them, they leave with how they're an expert at something. They put out this amazing advice, but every single person looks exactly the same. You see this expert here, that expert there, that expert there. It looks like they have absolutely no personality and they're just leading with what their expertise is and they're putting all that content out in the world, right? Yeah, yeah. What do you think of that? Yeah, I think that kind of just puts you in the same pot, uh, in the same crowd as everyone else. It's like, you know, those car commercials that you see where, you know, everyone is doing the same thing and all of a sudden there's a red car or a yellow car that kind of sets itself apart. 
Yeah, and you want to attach yourself to that red car, the yellow car, and you're like, oh, this is kind of boring, right? Yeah. And that's how I feel, too. I get so bored when I see people sharing the same message, and it's like they boast about how they have this big following, but they built that big following in, like, 2008 when the Internet was easy to dominate because they had no competition. Yeah, no, that's true. Or brand new people going out there trying to build their brands and they're mimicking the people from like 2008 who've done it. But the problem is they can't build a following because they're putting out the exact same content as everyone else. Mm. But what I've realized to be the key defining moment that really sets you apart is one, you need to share your personality so people can relate to you, like your interests and your hobbies and things like that. Like, What's some things that you like to do? Uh, I like to to play volleyball and soccer. So maybe you incorporate volleyball and soccer into your content so you can hit more of a sports crowd. And guess what? Those people who like volleyball, soccer, and other sports too are going to be able to resonate with your content more than the other person's content. Yeah, that makes sense. So so basically yeah. you're saying to add a little bit of, uh, I guess uh, for a cooking analogy, a little bit of salt, something that, some spice that makes you different, makes your soup different from, from the other chef's soups, so to speak. The first thing you do is you meet and greet the person. The second thing you do is you sell yourself. And to sell yourself, you're not saying, oh, I'm the best at this, I'm the best at that. You're saying, oh, do you like, do you like driving? Do you like red cars, black cars? You find out whatever someone likes, right? Yeah. And when you find out what they like, you go, oh, I like that too. I went to this trip. Here or that. But on the internet, you can't really do that and you can't really find the relationship ground. So, what you have to do is you have to tell people what you're interested in. So, then if they feel the same way, they're going to resonate with your content more. Then, the next step of that is pain points. So many people are out there are scared to say that they've ever fallen down in life. Like every single baby, when they're born, guess what? When they try to walk, they're going to fall. It's the way of life. But people, they're so scared of sharing that whenever they fail in life that they just don't do it and they hide it inside and they tuck it away and they make themselves look perfect. Yeah. But none of us are perfect. The only people who are perfect are the people in textbooks. Yeah. And the history books. And guess what? They're not even perfect. Someone just erased out all the flaws that they had in life. Like, I remember when I was in school and I was sitting there and I was reading about all these great heroes in life. When I learned that they never failed, or when I saw that they never failed in school, I never thought that I could be like them. Yeah. I never had dreams that one day I could become a president because they look flawless. But in here, people are nowadays, they're sharing their vulnerability. And what does that do? That gives people hope that they could actually achieve what you have. Yeah, no, that, that makes perfect sense. Because I, I personally, including myself, don't know anyone who hasn't tried something and failed at something. Uh, and at some point in, in, in your life, you have to have uh, some type of failure that you can learn from. Uh, no, that's, that makes complete sense. So you, you mentioned two things, uh, sharing your part of your personality in trying to brand yourself. And then also you, uh, to talk about your, your pain points. And is there anything else that, that we need to take away from branding yourself? Well, just like the first person did in situation one where they showcased themselves as an expert, um, you should probably share things you're an expert at as well. 
and tie things into more a story-based outline as opposed to a fact-based outline because facts tell them stories sell. So use a, and I want to make sure I understand this. So you're you're saying to use a a story-based narration when you're talking about your brand or when you're talking about your 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 skills in general. Your skills in general, like let's say I'm good at um, science, for example. Right. Maybe I could talk about one day in the lab what I discovered or what I discovered over the course of a year of time and turn it into more of a story. Kind of like you're talking to a friend at the bar and you're telling them about how you achieved something. You just record that and then you transcribe it or you write it out <laughs> or you just record that. Either way, like as long as you're telling the story, because why do people go to bars after work and talk to their friends and like, not talk about work-related stuff because work-related stuff's so boring. They want to talk about what's fun and entertaining. So yeah, those tend to be stories. Okay. Yeah. No, that makes sense. What about then? This may not be specifically related to brand building, but what would you say to someone who has a lot to offer but lacks the confidence to to brand themselves? I had no confidence when I first started out and I was still writing. Like, I had none at all. You hear me go do all these failures in life, and that's just the tip of the surface. I've heard a lot more failures I went through that really devastated me and put me out of some commission. Mm. But I don't see myself as a person with that much confidence. I'd say it's about average. What I see most people do is um, they're scared of things, they're scared of failure, and they're scared of success. Then at the other end of the spectrum, they're scared of how people are going to judge them. Would you agree? Yeah, no, no, absolutely. I think that's one of the reasons why people don't want to ever speak publicly or go on stage or put themselves out there. It's, you know, that lack of, uh, or that fear of being judged or that fear of being being seen as something, some of a, some, um, being seen as a fraud in some cases even. Exactly. And I've dealt with imposter syndrome myself, so I know exactly how that feels. But let me go over the fear of failure and the fear of success. So many people fear these things. And do you know why people fear these things? No. The reason people fear this is because what they do is they create an expectation in their mind or they see the results in their mind, and it just scares them. Like, let's say you had a goal to become a millionaire. And let's say today you make uh, 50 grand a year, for example, okay? Right. So you're way over here in the left, and where you want to be is way over there on the right. And you're looking at that, and you're like, oh, my God, how in the world am I ever going to get there? And you're getting overwhelmed with the process, right? Yeah. So that gives you the fear of success or the fear of failure and never making it because you're so far away from your goal. It just seems like an impossible dream. Yeah, no, that's that's true. So when something like that happens, what do you recommend that people do? Where, you know, you're looking at the mountain, which is ultimately your million dollars, and mm-hmm. you, you only have 50 grand, uh, you know, let's say per year. What are some eff- some effective ways or steps that people can take to get to that mountain? Well, the easiest thing you could do is work for 20 years and save every penny, but that's not a reasonable solution. (laughs) Right. Um, 
What you could do is, like, let's say you wanted to really be a millionaire. The first thing you have to do is you have to get that end result out of your mind. Stop thinking about it. Stop focusing on it. Just completely erase it from your um, thought process. Because if you focus on that, let's say you go out there and you do extremely well and you become a quarter millionaire. You're going to be so angry, so disappointed that you didn't hit your goal. The next thing that uh, you have to do is to become a millionaire. What does a millionaire do that you don't? They probably produce X amount of content every single week. They probably go jog in the morning. They probably read a book a month. They probably do all these different habits. Yeah. So what you have to do is you have to look at their habits, and you have to duplicate those habits because everyone has bad habits. But if you get those habits down, then ultimately you'll end up getting to where you need to be. So let's say a million author, a millionaire author decides to write two posts every single week. And you realize that he reads one book a month to get inspiration. Mm-hmm. And you see that at 7 a.m. every morning he goes on his job so he can get his brain pumped up and working right so he can start thinking of content. And you go out there, and you take your eyes off the end result. And every morning you go out there and you jog. Then you go out there and you write a piece every week. And you read a book every month. Hmm. And you start duplicating those habits. Do you see yourself being able to ultimately fall into that type of success? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if, if anything, yeah, you'd be reproducing something that you know has worked for, for that millionaire that you're aspiring to, to become. And even if you don't become a millionaire and you make a hundred grand a year, you're a lot happier because you got your eyes off that destination. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah. And when you take your eyes off that destination, what happens if you make ten million dollars or a hundred million dollars? Yeah. You're like blown away because you didn't even think you could achieve that. Right. Then the second portion of the equation is the fear of how other people are going to judge you. That's why everyone judges everyone, right? Yeah, that's that's you know that's been around for the since the beginning of time, and it will continue to be. People would judge you regardless of what you do. Exactly, and that means they're already judging you. But you're writing something scary about the most personal moment of your life. You think people are going to make a fool of you? You think people are going to call you a failure? These are the exact same emotions I felt when I started writing. My first piece of content, I'm like, where are people going to think of me? I can't put this out there. Mm. They're going to judge me. They're going to do this. Then after like 20 minutes, I finally got the courage and I said, you know what? Screw this. I'm just going to push that publishing button. And I did. And people gave me compliments on my work instead of tearing me apart. It was like the weirdest thing. It was like so empowering. I was like, wow, this is so amazing. Yeah, isn't that weird? Yeah, no, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Then when I went out there and I scared the darkest moments of my life, I was terrified. I thought people were going to call me this, call me that. And instead, they're like, oh, you're such an inspiration. You're so brave for sharing this. And I'm like, no, what the world's going on? <laughs> so what I use is I use that fear where I'm just shaking and trembling as an indicator that I have some type of content that's going to really resonate with the world. Hmm. No. So that fear is a good thing. Pay attention to it, buy into it, and use it as motivation to go out there and publish. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Uh, and uh, 
it's it's funny how that happens uh, because I recently actually it was last week when when the unfortunate uh, shootings happened with the, you know the police shooting shootings and all you know everything that's been going on lately in in, in the country and I I wrote a, a post and I, it took me about fifteen minutes to write it and it was a two page post uh, it was more just a, a reaction of my fe- you know a, a depiction of my feelings on on paper basically. So I wrote it and then I decided to post it on, on my Facebook page. And uh, I was very nervous to post this. And I ended up actually putting it on my blog as well. And it's out there. It's about, it's called um, um, Senegalese American View on Race in America After 20 Years of, um, of Observations. And I was really nervous because I didn't know how people would take it. And, and I generally tend to not talk about uh, anything that's controversial, religion, um, race, racial issues, uh, social matters that are complicated. Anyway, so I put it out there, and, and to your point, people were, you know, were reading it and were like, you know what, this is a well-written piece, and and I thank you for doing this, thank you for writing about this. And it was just interesting to, you know, I got the the complete opposite of what I was expecting to hear from people. Isn't it so amazing how that works? Yeah, absolutely. And that's how it's just going to continue to work as you create more and more content. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Now, anything else you want to share about around brand building or uh, uh, fear of being judged? In regards to building your brand, you just have to go out there and you have to do it because if you don't do it, someone else will and they're going to just take away all the opportunity from you. Each of us, we basically have a story and we have that story to tell, but we're just keeping it to ourselves. And on the other end of the spectrum, like let's say you're sitting there and you're going in for an interview for another job and you're like, oh, I'm going to get this thing. I'm the best candidate out there. That's why every single one of those hundred interviews are walking in and have the exact same story in their mind. The problem is not very many of them have the social proof to back it up. So if you want to distinguish yourself, you're going to have to build out your brand because Nowadays, the key indicator on who is actually legitimate or not is kind of like Google and hmm. social media followers and media publications. These are what people use to judge if someone's like legitimate or not. But you need to really build these things out. Otherwise, moving up in the ladder is just going to get tougher and tougher as we move further and further into that digital age. So hmm. if you need to make a decision to go out there and decide to build your brand, then make today be that day. And if you need help along the way, I have a course over at influencetree.com that teaches you every single step you need to know on how to build your brand. But it's not a process that really happens overnight. It's going to take a lot of work, a lot of dedication. And it takes years and years to really build out something solid. So it's something you're going to have to be committed to. Yeah, definitely. No, that's very good advice. And, and I think we'll, we'll definitely talk about your, uh, you know, your brand too, or we'll talk about influence tree uh, and the work that you do. But uh, it, it sounds like what you're saying is just, you know, just take action. And even if you're not necessarily promoting a business or have a, a product to sell or a service to sell, it is important to put yourself out there and, and uh, I guess, brand yourself. If you have a small business or a business or a product, it's, it makes even more sense. Um, now, would, would you encourage someone to use social media to increase their their visibility, their reach? Yes. <clears throat> social media lets you get access to the entire world. 
I, I would explain how to use the platforms, but that would probably be a 10-hour conversation to be able to get it down to the T. Hmm. But it's definitely not something that some people should look into and really focus on. I just created a 50-point uh, checklist on everything that a social media manager would need to do. And I'm 100% certain that in most companies, people do like three to five of these things. They don't do all, 20, all 50 of these. And it's kind of disappointing because, like, I come from a strategy background, so I know all the elements that need to be involved to really go out there and get something to work. And a lot of people just look at the surface and don't mm-hmm. see all the moving parts behind the equation. Okay. And is this the other tips? Uh, is this a blog post or is this part of your course? or? I'm in the process of thinking where to publish it right now. Okay. I'm in between, like, SEMRs, mods, quick I could put it on my blog, but that's another point. You shouldn't always use your property to go out there and promote your stuff. There's other people's properties out there who may have bigger audiences than you. So you get engaged with their audience and your existing audience by publishing something onto their network. Yeah, no, that makes sense. So things like uh, you're thinking about a blog, uh, guest blogging on other platforms. Okay. Are you working on any any exciting projects that you're willing to share here to kind of get you some some interest? The only real project I'm working on is my course. Um, I'm just doing it over and over and over again, the same content, just to make the content better and better and better each time around. Um, because I'm sure you're familiar with building something when you first start something, it's not as good as it could be, and it can yeah. constantly be better. Yeah. And that's how I feel about everything I make. I just want it to be the best, so I constantly improve everything. Right. Okay, and what is your course called? Is it out yet? or? Yeah, it's on uh, influencetree.com. It's basically a course that teaches you week by week every single thing that you need to go, do to go out there and build your brand. So I'm helping identify what people see you as, see as your brand as of right now, all the way to the strategies you need to do to go out there and push your brand out there, to um, creating your bios, your headliners, to um, how to get into media publications and growing your social media following, to earning money with what you're doing. Okay, and I'll make sure to put that in the show notes. Uh, Influence Tree is your um, your uh, your website and your blog. Mm-hmm. Right, okay, and uh, where can people reach you if they are interested in, in learning more about you and what you do? Probably Twitter is the easiest place to get a hold of me. My uh, Twitter handle is Mr. Leonard Kim, M-R-L-E-O-N-A-R-D-K-I-M. And my website is just LeonardKim.com. Okay, all right. Great. Okay, I'll make sure to add those uh, in the show notes as well so people can, can check it out. All right. Well, before we wrap up here, do you have anything else to add? I think people should just go out there and really just empower themselves to... Take it, make a decision to build out their brand because if you don't, then you're just getting further and further behind because as people, each day we're not going, we're dying. No, that's very good advice. Take action and uh, otherwise someone else will. Great. Thank you very much uh, for joining me uh, on this interview, Leonard. I really appreciate it. Definitely will stay in touch with you and I'll keep you posted on, on any new developments. Thank you so much for having me. That was my interview with Leonard Kim. Very interesting and inspiring story from Leonard, which goes to show that 
we all at some point in our lives run into struggles and that we all have to start from somewhere to get to where we want to get to in life. And it's funny because when I did this interview, I learned quite a bit from it. And when I went back to the episode to edit it for the show, I re-listened to the recording of the interview and heard some additional nuggets of information that I had somehow missed when I was listening to it the first time around. Which goes to show that sometimes it may be helpful for you to go back to a previous episode that you found useful and listen to it again to find some additional nuggets of information that somehow you, you missed. Anyway, I hope that you got some useful information out of this interview. If you are interested in brand building or learning more about how to brand yourself or your business, check out Leonard's course at influencetree.com. He has some good resources that you can download as well. I will put all the relevant links for this episode in the show notes for the podcast. You can find those at umarjang.com forward slash session 10. That's one zero session 10. Now, I know that this episode barely scratched the surface when it comes to brand building uh, because there's a whole lot more that you can learn in regards to this particular topic of, of brand building. Uh, but hopefully you got enough information to give you a basis for how to best position your own brand. I hope this was useful to you. If that is the case, uh, go ahead and subscribe via iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you download your podcast normally. I would really appreciate that. That is it for today. Thank you very much for listening to the podcast. And as always, please stay safe and motivated. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to the Motivational Voice Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and rate it on iTunes. Get show notes and the latest blog posts at omarjang.com.